Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we listen to and talk about a band, and this week we're talking about Wilco. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with... I'm Dax. Jared. It's Dax here. And again, we are talking about Wilco. How did everybody feel about listening to Wilco? Felt pretty darn good. Yeah? Felt real good. And what... Jared? It felt... It felt... Oh, I'm glad he had feelings. Yeah, he had feelings. That's mm-hmm. good. There, this is a good feeling act. Hello, my name is Jared, and I feel... There's some sad things in there. Yeah, there's yeah. Some, some sad bits, but some happy bits. I was into it. They Maybe have a really bits. good mix. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I know that, Dax, you're in particular excited about one album, but I would like to know, do you think that it was just... I, I don't want to spoil anything on which album it is or mm-hmm. anything, but do you think that it was one specific album that you enjoyed and that was what kind of highlighted the whole week or do you think that in general you really enjoyed it uh, i in general i enjoyed it there was a lot about it that i was into yeah i because again this is something that i think you would be very interested in this kind of sound is within your wheelhouse for sure yeah it's very dad rock which i'm all about i hate that you say that it makes me so sad <laughs> that's why i say it <sighs> you say it to make him sad yeah it he makes, it makes tweety it. sad too what that it's dad rock? Yeah. Tweety yeah. well, okay, you know what? Jeff Tweety can't be mad about that. Yes, Jeff Tweety, lead singer of Wilco, can't be mad. He made a whole album with his son. That's He's the a dad. Okay. And his dad rock thing to And his son's friend. My oh, son and his friend are in a band with me. Hey son, you want to make an album with me? I like how we make him talk that way, even though they're from Chicago. <laughs> and he doesn't have any kind of twin. No, he's from really Chicago. Like, like they make all, music though. They make yeah, all Chicago country. country. They yeah. make all country. Chicago country. They make all country. It's fine. It's that. It's that. They're Midwestern country. Yeah. Hmm. So, the mighty Midwest. So let's talk about that. What do you? So really, alt country is not the over encompassing sound of their music. It's really something that they kind of because that was what they like. That's what they started with with Uncle T- Uncle Toledo. Tup- Tupelo. 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 Thank you, Uncle. Pretty Tupelo. good stuff. I thought. Did you like Uncle Tupelo? Yeah, way better than Wilco. Really? Yeah, I that's liked a, it. It was a, it was very much like a. Lucero, yeah, yeah. I like I like them a lot, and they kind of reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty good stuff. But that's I mean that's kind of where they came from. So that's really what a it's a hundred percent where they came from. It's everybody that came from there minus the guy from Sunvolt, right? Yeah, right. But only for album one. Then you only had a you know a two person lineup for until they got Nils and a couple other people. But we can get into that. Uh, Get into it. Eight a.m. Here we are. Was it? That's why you know when I first heard of Wilco. I heard they were alternative country, but I was introduced to Wilco via a different artist who did a cover of I'm Trying to Break Your Heart, mm-hmm. J.C. Brooks and the Uptown Sound. They did a soul funk version. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's first thing. And then from there, I went backwards. I think that one was released in 09. So I saw their alt country, and I was like, okay, but I listened to Yankee F- Foxtrot Hotel, and I was like, this is not alt country, so now I don't really know what to think of. Yeah, and then I fair. continue to work back. And then we get to AM, which is, I think the AM and being there and Summer Teeth all exhibit some of that. Yes. More than when you get to Yankee Foxtrot Hotel. But you can still see a progression up to the, you know. It, yes, there's a very, very clear progression from their sound from AM to Yankee where you can see that they're starting to incorporate elements of what's going to hit with Yankee and... There's still that alt country sound, but it's clearly those elements are clearly slowly kind of integrating themselves yeah, into the music. They are, so. but AM's a fun. I think AM. I, I suggested we put it on there. Yeah, and I think it's a good record to listen to. It Un- it helps to give you an idea of what their music sounded like, and it, I because like 
I listened to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot last year, and I liked it quite a bit, but I didn't. It didn't really, really land with me. It didn't stick with me. That being, I you know, arguably their best album, their most well received album, sure, by far. But once I had listened to AM being there and Summer Teeth leading up to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I had a much better concept of the build to that album, and it gave me a greater appreciation of that album. Anybody feel similarly that like that building to that album it helped? It does help you figure out where it's from. I think I, I like I said the first one I listened to, and it's when yet yeah, the first thing you listen to, or where some of those songs are the first things you hear. Mm-hmm. There are some songs on there that are more in, in the traditional vein, I will say, but it's hard to figure out where that might come from, and. It's when you listen to the stuff prior to, you can really, I think you really hear it build. I really think that it's was pretty apparent once you get, and I, and especially listening in order. So I don't know. I also just think the AM is a good, I think it's a good album anyway. Yeah. Outside of, you know, even its place in the lineup. And I think it get, probably gets overlooked. I agree. I do think it gets overlooked. I think it's a pretty solid album. I enjoy what they're doing on it. It's not the sound that I'm used to. And really, I don't know. Okay, so I want to see what you guys think about this. Do you think that Tweedy's voice matches well with alt country? Not particularly, because it's clearly not like the your usual twangy, you know, southern sounding voice. So it's oh, it because his voice really does sound like that of an indie rock artist, and so to put his voice with the folky country sound can sometimes be a little jarring to me. I like it because it's, I mean, that's the sound that I'm going to like better for country is somebody who doesn't have that kind of twangy voice. But I don't know if it's always about the voice though. It's a, it's a lot of times it's about the music that's in like the background. Like, so like mm-hmm. the first couple albums, you had banjo, you had harmonica, you had like those, uh, steel guitar, stuff like that. But then they kind of got away from that in later albums. Yeah. And now they're just kind of putting out. Well, they really use the instruments. Things. They use the instruments a lot differently as you go along. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you, and you mentioned to earlier this week when we spoke, you know, that you found it nice to hear a familiar sound of hearing a banjo. Be like, oh, that's a banjo in there. Mm-hmm. And they do. They just kind of use those instruments a little bit differently. I, uh, I, I told Tyler earlier in the week, and I don't know if I necessarily feel the same way um, mm-hmm. about like as after listening to all of what we listened to, which is a lot of albums. The yeah. first couple albums, I felt like they were very much like fish for country. Okay. Like an, a jam band in country. Yeah. But I don't I could think that. that they really like continue oh. to be that. No. I I could see that maybe for being there. That would be the album the that The first released. and the second albums were really the kind of ones that I... Being there and... Uh, what was the other one? AM? AM. I don't feel like AM was super jammy. I think mm-hmm. being there had some jammy elements where they were really kind of like, you know, maybe. just meandering and playing around with things. But like, I don't know that... I think AM's a little bit more of just a straightforward I found country the, album. I found the Jamis album to be the whole love. Hmm. Yeah, just... that one does have up some a pretty solid amount of that. Uh, I have I, I have another question about that album specifically and some of the other albums, but I want to get to that after we cover okay. some of the early ones. So uh, I think this would be a good time, since I already kind of mentioned it, this is also the realm in which they released the Mermaid Avenue Volume mm. 1, 2 albums. This is uh, right. Yeah, we listened to the first one. Yes, we listened to the first one, and I think that this is where I let Dex have his time. It's a, it a very good album. I, I didn't know anything about it when I was listening to it, but I was listening to it, and I was like, man, it just, just sounds like, like something. 
I thought they may have covered something, so I looked it up, and it's all by Woody Guthrie, like all mm-hmm. the lyrics. These are unreleased songs from Woody Guthrie, mm-hmm. put together by his daughter. Yep. Uh, she contacted Billy Bragg, and he put this all together. He contacted Wilco and got them in on it. It's mostly Bragg. Mm-hmm. Wilco didn't do a whole lot, really. Right. They helped, though. Mm-hmm. But my favorite song, at least the music, was Wilco. Yeah, mm. which one? The whole one. One by one. Oh, yeah? Yep. What about you? My favorite one on that album. My favorite song on that one? Yeah, on that one. Uh, Way Over Yonder in the minor key. Okay. Jared, That's a good you, one, did too. Did you have one? I, I would like to play that one if we have if we have the chance. We got time. I wouldn't mind one by one either if we did. That one the, that one reminds me of a Body Prince Billy song that's in the similar vein that I want you to listen to since you liked it. Yeah. But we can talk later on that. My favorite from that album was Birds and Ships featuring Natalie Merchant. We all had different like favorite songs off of that album. I like Ingrid neat. Bergman. Did you uh, read anything about the tumultuous relationship between Billy Bragg and Wilco during that recording? Yeah. And, yes, um, it was very interesting. Go oh, ahead. my goodness. It was crazy. It was, it was a little wild. I read some stuff. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can find what I read. Yeah, please do. So during the recording, uh, actually after recording and during the producing of this record, yeah, uh, that, which Billy Bragg was a part of the, which I will say a, a quick thing about Billy Bragg. We almost did him for Billy Month during Good Band, Bad Band, but we did not. But he has a song I want you guys to check out called Lover's Town Revisited, uh, later covered by The Loved Ones, which is a good punk rock group but it's a good song it's very quick it's like only a minute and 15 seconds so you can get through it fast anyways so they were they were producing this record and they were trying to decide because billy bragg was a part of it and wilco and so they were trying to tempers were flaring basically and uh the member one of the members of wilco bennett called billy bragg about the possibility of remixing his songs that he had done and billy bragg said you make your record and I'll make mine, fucker. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they were like, Wilco was doing the songs that they did on that right. record, and then Billy Bragg was, you know, remixing his own, mm-hmm. and he didn't. It was just, just I find bad it, deal. I find it incredibly surprising that they had, like, the rough relationship that they had during recording, and they were like, we'll do another one. But I actually, know. I think that the recordings of Volume 2 were done at the same time as Volume yeah, that 1. Would, that would make mm. sense. If, if I remember correctly. That I think sense. they may have there gotten... three volumes. I was going to say, right. I think that they may have had an additional recording session to wrap up everything for the Volume 3. Mm. I think. I don't remember that for sure, but... The box set was the complete session or something like that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, the complete sessions. Yeah. Sessions. Okay. It was also nominated for a Grammy. But they could say that for anything. For Best Contemporary Folk Album. That That record. Was it? Mm-hmm. I did not know Mermaid that. Avenue. I thought it was a good album. It sounded was, good. It was one of my... It's not a true Wilco album, but... Yeah, because you can... I mean, I, I like that it's Woody Guthrie songs. Like, I think that's a cool concept, but you can kind of tell that it's not written and produced by Wilco, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel oh, yeah. like a Wilco I album. I think, my, I, think I thought my the song that I prefer... And it's probably the reason I prefer it most is because it sounds most like it. I thought it sounded... Like, I thought it definitely sounded like a Wilco song. Yeah. One by one. Is, so which one have we landed on? Which one do we want to play? Uh, way over yonder, in the minor key. Husky. And I had a little girl in a hollow tree. I said, little girl, it's plain to see. Ain't nobody that can sing like me. Ain't nobody that can sing like me. So about this song, mm-hmm. I listened to it. A bunch of times. 
because it just it sounded really familiar. I couldn't place where it was. I looked it up. There is a song that is exactly this song. It's Red at Night by the Gaslight Anthem. On a January night when the cold winds freeze I got an Irish name and an injury Blessing and a curse cast down on me Ain't nobody got the blues like me Ain't nobody got the blues like me Oh boy, you snuck in. Boop, boop, boop. You snuck it in. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. That was wow. really my favorite song off that, though. I, I believe you. I just find it interesting that you got to talk about both things that I would expect you to talk about in one fell swoop. One fell swoop. That's pretty good. I, a lot of times the Gatlinside anthem will like wear their influences on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. You know, like they'll talk about New Jersey with Bruce and they'll talk about Bob Dylan and the show like that. Mm-hmm. Very rarely though do they literally just <laughs> rip off a song like that. Yeah. At least no one will know where it came from except for the Most of the time do. it's just like r- lyrics from another song they throw in to try and like modernize it and stuff. But yeah, right. that was, that's pretty that pretty was direct. Legit. I swear there's another like like actual folk song it sounds there similar is. to. There absolutely is. I've heard it. I don't know. I can't think of it. It's been I mean, bugging I have to me look all it up. week. You, if, there definitely is. I'm going to find it and let you know because I know that there is. Thank you. Thank you. If there's any folk fans out there listening to Record Roundtable right now, be sure to find the song for us and send it our way at our Facebook page or something yeah, like that. True that. So, Tyler, you earlier said, oh, Jared has something yet. Well, I had something. Have, we, have we talked about being there? We're not there yet. Mm, okay. No. Well, I was actually going to kind of transition into yeah. that. Though, I had so. one request, though. Yes? Would you mind playing? One by one, because that is a Wilco fo- focus song from that album. This was a Billy Bragg focus song. Sure, from that album. sure. You want to play one by one? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I mean, I thought that sounded pretty much just like oh, Wilco. Yeah. yeah, it was very it different like a, than the rest. Yeah, it sounds the, like a Wilco song. Yeah, yeah. and definitely did. I like, had a great line from that. Uh, one by one, the sweetest days of life go by. Fun little bit. All righty. Whoa. Fun little bit. So, You'll get it when you're 28, youngin'. <laughs> so, oh, t- man, are you doing all right? <laughs> it's like the third all time right. you've said something like that tonight. Well, you weren't here when I said it before, then, were you? You were here then. Yeah, it was last week we talked about Yeah, last week. I I like that we're... Just trying to slightly (laughs) open up to the listeners. I I was going to say, like, we're we're slowly progressing to this point Uh, where, like, you have this, like, crazy breakdown on the show. Like, you just start weeping. (laughs) Boom, there's a big crash. He's gone. Tyler, you said that you had really, like, three big albums from Wilco. Yep. What are those The Pinnacles. Obviously, it's Being There, Summer Teeth. And Yankee Hotel so Foxtrot. right in this realm of yeah, music, this is, this is where you feel like the, the sweet spot was. Yep, and that's it. I'm not saying that, and I don't think that there's not also good things, but that's like, that's where that's where it's at. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think that there is one final sweet spot, but I will get there. All right. Um, so does anybody else feel differently? Like, does, uh, does somebody have a favorite album outside of this, basically this early portion of Wilco? Right, but like basically up to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, the the kind of pinnacle point. Does anybody have like an album that they thought stood out more than these early albums? I was pretty into the Ghost one that came out right after, right? A Ghost is Born. Yeah, Ghost, yeah. Is, Ghost is, born. is Born. 
came out right after that one. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of, yeah. of less than you think? Yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? That, that song? Uh, no, it was not a good one. <laughs> it was nonsense. I remember hearing that and going, Jared's really going to like this one. I He's going to love this song. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. And, and then It's I like was a 17-minute like, droner oh, with that bad. droning in the middle. You all remember that? Oh, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, 15 yeah, where minutes. it was just a long drone. Right. I will admit that I skipped the drone. Me too. Well, I think every Dax? Hold on. I'm remembering. It, oh, yeah, I skipped the drone. Okay. Yeah. Well, everyone cheated except for... Everyone cheated. I, I was like, no, what is this? No, no. I skipped it too. I'm cheating. admitting it to you just oh, indirectly. Okay. I don't think that that means that we cheated. My favorite song off this album was actually the really long song, which was Spiders. It I was like, all right. Spiders. It was interesting. Well, how, did you, bad. how did you feel then about this sucks because I don't have, I'm not ready. What'd you think of uh, Summer Teeth, how they had a, a not so hidden track by Ooh. Mr. Mr. Tex? Yeah. Did you, well, I listened to it on vinyl. How about that? Oh, that's so. So, you know. I thought of you when I listened to it. I figured you didn't actually saw that it had one online. You're talking um, about 23 seconds of silence. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> hey, hold, hey Tyler. Well, I didn't see it. Hey, it's in the vinyl. Go on ahead, the, go ahead on and the play. Board, I was going to say, on the board, can we, can we get the volume up? We're going to play 23 seconds of silence. We, we can talk through it. And it's silent, you know? Listen, hey, you're ruining on. the artistic yeah. integrity. Yeah, please. I think this is not. I don't think this is. It was really quite meditative. Thank you. It was <laughs> totally ruined by Jared. But other here, than that, here comes the the next part. Here's the bonus track. Since we were wanting to talk about it, this is what you wanted, Jared. When you bring things up, you get these things. Slightly crescendo piano. Okay, I think we're good. Are it we was on. It was on the vinyl pressing, by the way. It I like was there. That. I like that. That's you know good. why they're called Wilco? Because of the um, the military phrase, yep, will comply. Yes, Mr. Tweedy said it's a fairly ironic for a rock band to name themselves. That's what he said. It is indeed. Mm. Dex, you didn't answer the question. Do you have an album outside of those kind of early albums that really stood out to you? Uh, I, I sort of answered it. it. A ghost, a is, ghost born. is born. Oh yeah, you. I'm sorry. I was thinking. Which Jared. is an okay album, you know. Jared so. was the one who didn't say. My bad, Jared. You didn't really answer the question. Do you have an album that like kind of stood out to you outside of those early albums? No, no. I didn't. I'm looking at what I listened to, and, and the answer is no. Anything after which that? Which of which of you good little boys listened to the Japanese version instead? The Japanese version <laughs> of what? A ghost is born. Really? Yeah. No, I did. I didn't did you? I did that. Oh yeah. There's a whole Japanese. There's version. a Japanese version of That's the ghost crazy. is born. Crazy. I yeah. like that. Uh, I didn't mind the Wilco uh, self-titled self-titled album. What's What's different? I, I don't know about Wilco the song. That seems kind of pretentious. I, yeah, but I like that. Wilco the band song. made Wilco the album that has Wilco the song it, on it. It's a little... It, well, what? I, hate, I don't know. I don't think I liked much of what... What I, did you all think of, before we get off of A Ghost is Born, and I assume afterwards we're going to focus on the big three, but Theologians, the song on A Ghost is Born. Mm-hmm. Did you catch it? What about it? It's got. It's just the entire ending of I, I'm Trying to Break Your Heart, just in a different song. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Popped it in there. That's how they do it. You know, because A Ghost is Born is also taken from that song. Mm. The title. I made it out. A Ghost is Born. Did you listen to the song, Frank? I I did. (laughs) You should know. I don't listen listen to the the lyrics. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the one album where you should listen to them because it's all all jibber, jibber jabber lyrics. And which song are we talking about right now? Mr. T. I Am Trying to Break Your Heart. My favorite song off of Wilco. 
Just gonna throw that out there. Miss Theologian? Oh no, I'm, I'm trying to break your heart. Is uh, we, haven't, off we of, haven't had a favorite off song of yet. Yankee Hotel Fox? No, Fox. it's my favorite Wilco song. Oh, period. Have, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my favorite Wilco. Well, song. you, I almost, I nearly, you nearly were there with me. Yeah, I almost chose that one as mine. I nearly it's a lost great song. You. That's all right. Well, let's let's play it. We haven't had a, we haven't had a favorite song. I love track, this so. song. I love the percussion in that song. There's a lot of really cool... I, okay, so I think that... Do we want to get into Yankee Hotel, Foxtrot, as kind of a general conversation, and then transition away and talk about their later work? I think that that, that might make good. sense. Yeah. Okay. I suppose we can do that. I do. I will say, before we get like really deep into Yankee, I also really enjoyed Summer Teeth. Yeah, it's really good. Summer Teeth is a really good album. Really good. Although, I think for me, I think for me, being there is almost better you think summer so? teeth, yeah. Jared, do you think so too? I well, I don't know about that, but I did have a little bit about being there. Okay, so uh, there was a double album that we listened to. Yes, with being there. Oh, you want to talk about the fact that the Jeff, the, Mr. Jeff Tweedy? I know what you're talking about. Go he ahead. was concerned about the uh, high retail price of them produ- producing a double album. Right, it's going to be upwards of thirty dollars at that time, and he decided that uh, they were going to release the album. And charge less for it, and they would take a cut, like a, a not a cut, but a loss, a loss. Yeah, yeah they would that, take a loss. Wilco would take a loss to put it out so that people would be able to buy it at an affordable rate. Yeah, what a guy! And didn't they lose like somewhere in the range of like six hundred thousand dollars? Six hundred thousand dollars, almost. That was lost, but Tweety was satisfied. It says yes. Well, some good, good. stuff. Some good. I'm stuff. satisfied too. That's good. You know who else likes to? Uh, Give people a break. It's Mr. Kid Rock. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I really, I really, I really liked Summer Teeth. That was a really good album. It as is well. really good. And again, I think that their music transitions very well into this place of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Yeah. I think that they they fill out their sound more. Is really the way that I kind of put it when I was thinking about it. Yeah. Is that they take more and more and they start building a larger sound over time. So you can get a little bit of that, and there's still some country esque elements some rootsy, folky elements going on in Summer Teeth, but you can hear that they're building into something right. bigger yeah. at that point in time, and that's kind of what gets Absolutely, and like we said, track. they're starting to use these instruments in different ways. Mm-hmm. They use the percussion differently, they add other little percussive elements in there, yep. they're using the banjo a little bit differently, they're really using slide guitar mm-hmm. a lot differently. And of course, Nels comes in at this point too, so at which point he you know, he adds its own little thing. He's been there for, what, since 04? I think so. I believe, and they've really... By the way, he likes he likes his Fender Jazzmasters great guitars. I got me one. It's fun. Anyway, I wonder what you guys think. Do you think that the largest change in sound, the biggest shift happens between AM and being there or between Summer Teeth and Yankee Hotel Foxtrot? Uh, oh, you guys talk first. I've said enough. I have no idea. Dax? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Dax? Probably between AM and being there. That's like, I think that's what I think as well. I think, I think that they, I think that the shift in their sound happens gradually from those four albums. Though I don't think that there's a huge shift in general. I think that there is 
I think that they're taking steps for each album. AM to being there takes a step into more of like an indie folk direction. Being there to summer, summer teeth takes more of this kind of uh, even more indie step. And then Yankee Hotel Foxtrot takes the final leap where you've almost completely lost their alt country sound and have completely stepped into the realm of the early 2000s indie rock like explosion. Yeah. I don't disagree with you that it's all, it does all clearly make a, a, a shift. For me, I can, especially listening to that album first, mm-hmm. to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, the first one I listened to, when I heard being there the first time, mm-hmm. I've heard AM before that. I already heard AM because I was, I think AM was probably the second. Wilco album I purchased. So, I heard a I heard Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. I heard AM. Then when I heard Being There, I go, "Yep, now it's pretty clear where all this came from." Right. That's where it came. It didn't come to me in Summer T Four. I go, "Oh, okay." And it didn't. For instance, um, Arctic Monkeys. Arctic Monkeys are now okay. They were better, but yeah. When I listened to their first album, which I listened to a lot, and then I listened to uh, AM. Mm-hmm. I skipped an album in there right. at one point. I listened to their second album, their their album before AM, and I was like, this is weird. I'm not really sure where this is coming from. Well, then I went back and listened Brainstorm? to Humbug. No. Humbug, okay. Yep. And I'm like, all right, well, this is just it right here. It's completely clear. So there's always a point for me where it becomes clear of where things begin to move towards something else. And for me, that transition was in being there and not in. You know what I'm saying? Once yeah. I heard being there, I'm like, okay, and then it's just a gradual you know, inclination from there right up to mm-hmm. what is essentially seen as the pinnacle of their career in that sense, right? Right. Jared, do you want to talk about all of the controversy around Yankee Hotel Foxtrot? I mean, I, it's interesting. I found it. It's, I found a lot of it very interesting. It's pretty well documented at this point in time, but it's worth talking about if you would like to talk about. This is kind of your, your realm of things, so mm-hmm. I figured I'd throw it to you. I did some research into it. Not a whole lot, so you can kind of uh, check me. Yeah, sure. So Time Warner and AOL merged together. And in that, they they lost several jobs um, at the record company, and so they were trying to get more profit. So what happened was they brought that record, uh, Radio Foxtrot. What is it called? Yankee Yankee Hotel Hotel Foxtrot. Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. They brought that to the record company, and they had a new person at the record company and they didn't, you know, like see a single in it or whatever. And so that what they did was they allowed Wilco to leave the record company um, with the rights to that album. Um, and so then they kind of shopped it around and it, they put it out on none such records, which is a, a separate entity. And then it sold it's a good one. really, really well. Which, But the thing is that I, like in my research of that, None Such Records is a subsidiary of the the same company. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they just like drop them. Like, Well, kind of. That's often the case, It's, it's weird, though. It's very strange. The but they, they actually ended up profiting, you know, like the, Wilco ended up coming out ahead right. with, with that. Right. Um, and another thing that in my research of, of Wilco, it shows that 
they use technology a lot, way more. Like they were kind of like um, innovators in the United States of using technology. They stream their albums. For sure. Yep. When they came out, like the first twenty four hours that they came out, they streamed them. Because mm-hmm. um, several did, of the because they didn't ones. want it to be a case that their their albums had really poor MP three versions of things. They yeah. wanted people to so hear they didn't the real want, version. Yeah, they didn't want leaks, well, yeah. so they would put it out themselves. Didn't so they that, use some of the first high quality high quality quote unquote air quotes everyone MP threes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I uh, one of the things I read uh, was that they were compared to, they were com- uh, called the uh, American Radiohead. Mm, which is interesting that. Hey. and and a lot of uh, what's in i don't know i thought that um wilco were similar to a lot of record roundtable groups that we've listened to thus far this year mm-hmm. radiohead being one of them with yeah. that that kind of thing sure i fe- i felt a lot of influence early on to the beatles yeah with sure. wilco and mm-hmm. he would even oh, absolutely. You know, kind of kind of uh and a, a future record roundtable group that was kind of benefited from Wilco's Flaming Lips. Or the Flaming Lips. I read this quote from Mr. Wayne Coyne, the lead singer. I like this quote. He said, We are benefiting from the label's regret over Wilco. We are living in the golden age of that being such a public mistake. Because it was widespread that Wilco left that record label and moved on to another record label. Yeah. We love our label. The people on Warner said, We'll never have a band like Wilco feel we don't believe in them again they'd tell me that and it would never happen to us and what a great day for me that's what wayne said (laughs) yeah very much just kind of like like this is good for me and it's you know but i think that it's still it's still good for wilco too i think that that situation because they created their own record label correct bpm records uh, Mm the beats per minute or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. and so and they benefited exponentially because that i mean their album did more for them than any other album they had. Yeah, being to able point. to gain those royalties to be—I'm sure a lot of that money that they garnered from the sales of that record mm-hmm. went into creating their own record label, where they'd be able to put out whatever they want. They don't have to take because one of the—I don't remember which album it was, but they had an album where they brought the record to the comp the record company. This is they, Summer Teeth, and they said. This doesn't have a radio single. And Wilco said, we will record a radio single for you. It's a one-time thing. only once, yes. And that's what they, you know, like, so I think it was Out of Sight, Out of Mind. Is that correct? Uh, No, it was Can't Stand It. Can't Stand It. Okay. But, like, for them to, I guess, um, change their artistic integrity to, like, suit a record company, I don't know. I'm kind of at a, I'm at a pass with that because... The record company is the one that's paying your bills kind of scenario in, sure. in that time. So it kind of isn't unfair for the record company to ask for you to make money, mm-hmm. you know. But in a lot of the, like some of the stuff, the sales weren't super great. Fox, the Yankee Fox Top. Uh, Yankee Hotel Fox Truck. YHF. Weird Al's new movie. Why? <laughs> YHF, as they, as they call it. Um, did, like was their best-selling record and had the most hits and such. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what they had a lot of so far in their career, they've had a lot of Grammy nominations, a lot of Grammy wins, but what does that get you in terms of like money? And that's mm-hmm. what record companies care about. So I, I don't know. Right. That makes sense. Somebody give me another favorite track before we transition a little bit more forward. Favorite track in general or yes. Uh, go with hummingbird. Alpha Ghost is Born. Cool. Oh, he loved that album. It was pretty good. <clears throat> it's my least favorite of what we listened to. 
Well, fuck you. <laughs> So leading forward, I think that this is kind of, I think that there's really three eras of Wilco in my mind. Okay. There's this early era of Wilco, which is AM being there, Summer Teeth, Yankee Hotel, Foxtrot. This is kind of the early like build for them. And then you have the next era, which is A Ghost is Born, Sky Blue Sky, Wilco, the album, and then the whole, the whole love. That was the era that I felt the least engaged in. Right. I felt like there was not a whole lot that I found particularly interesting going on because from my perspective, I don't know how other people feel, and this is kind of my big thought about it, is that this is the era in which Wilco just kind of got comfortable and they didn't do a whole lot different with their music. I kind of felt like I was listening to the same album three times in a row, you know? <laughs> like, I just felt yeah. like it was just kind of like, okay, I, I get it. Like, Wilco, you, you right. know what you want to do. You're feeling comfortable. You're in that feeling kind of stagnant was my way of looking at it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, for me, the self-titled in that era stands out as the best mm-hmm. for, in, out of the ones we listened to. And Sky Blue Sky, is, it's a lesser rated album. Uh, which is initially we had that on our list, and I requested, hey, like, can we switch this out for that mm-hmm. one? Because I own the other one on vinyl, and I know it's a little, you know, a little more well received. Uh, but it does seem like that. But it's it's weird though because it doesn't really reflect things from Yankee Hotel Foxtrot mm-hmm. necessarily. It goes back to a, stru- a song structure that's a little more familiar, and it kind of and most of these songs on there on those albums are more like a reg- you know regular songs. They're more like what you might find on being there are summer teeth as compared to what you might find on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of a weird period. And I think, and first off, the album that Dax prefers, which is I don't think is a bad album by any means. I like all of their music. Mm-hmm. It, it paled in the limelight of the previous release. And if you look at reviews, it didn't do, it wasn't particularly favorable because, and I know that that's the reason. I mean, it's completely clear when you see the shifts that they make back to it, right? Absolutely. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. It's just the you last just, one that you I just really enjoyed liked. it. It was oh, just enjoyable. Okay. Yeah. All right. All in all, what's your favorite? My favorite? I, God, I don't know. I, oh, well, you gotta, probably the, the mermaid. You gotta, you gotta change. Oh, yeah, well, the, the mermaid, mermaid tells yeah. definitely. Yeah, the, the but, mermaid. Yeah, the, mermaid the, Avenue. Mermaid Avenue is definitely going to be his favorite. So I don't know really if no I would count that anymore. as. Yeah. It's not a true Wilco album. Yeah. Oh, it is. Well, I'm going to go ahead and count it because I can't think of anything else. Okay. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't particularly enjoy much of like the later stuff at all. Honestly. Even once you get to Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars I, I is a decent album. It was just like very bland to me. Well, there Star you go. Wars was bland. Milko was bland. Is that a reference? Oh, to, Harry to Joy was bland. Milko Schmilko. Yeah, could have been Neil Schmielsen. Yeah, I know. Is, is it though? I don't know. We don't. I, you I, I, it's hard to you know. You should have looked that like up, Mr. Harry, Harry Nielsen fan. I don't know. It's hard to know. Oh, God. I got 
I gotta know. I see the comfortability in that era, and I and yeah. it's uh, it's not a place where you can't make good music, but it's, a, it's not a place where you make Wilco albums. I guess you could say. Sure, I agree with that. I do. Okay, so I will say I understand why someone would say that they don't like the those last three albums, but for some reason they stuck with me pretty well. I like Star Wars quite a bit. I think Star doing, Wars is good. Star Wars is pretty good. Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's very different. It's not like what you would expect from a Wilco album. And I want to play at least a song off of it because I think it like from listening to everything that we've listened to up to this point, I think a listener would be able to get the idea of like, oh yeah, alternative country, indie rock. They kind of have this like pretty typical sound going on here. I've heard enough sound like songs to get an idea. And then you hit Star Wars. And it's and different. Then you, and then you get this. Yep. Like, uh, let's see. You want to do top the top of the pops hit or you want to do any of them? Uh, I thought about doing EKG because it is like the, the, the top of the album, but my favorite track off of the album is More. All right. I think I'm going to play More. You just get a little bit more distortion off of the album. Like, in general, that album just has more distorted elements to it, and you can get, like, there's a little bit more... Still twang, though. There's still twang. Oh, there's definitely some... There's a little bit of twang to it, but it's almost like a... It's more like a southern rock album, almost. It's definitely different. I actually was... That album was released July 16th, 2015. The day it released, I saw Tweety, Jeff Tweety, his son, and his son's buddies, live in Louisville. Whoa. At Forecastle, hmm. and I was nearly nearly front for him. I was probably like twenty feet back from the fence, and they were really good. And some guy next to me was like, "Yo, did you hear the woke? I can't believe he's here. Woke up, just dropped an album this morning." And they just go, Boop, "Here you go." I think it was released digitally. I don't think they told anyone. There's like, mm. "You got it," and it is really good. It's definitely different. Star Wars. That's the only of the later three. Well, the, obviously the new one I can't. But I oh, actually, in yeah, I can't own it. But any of the actually after Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, that's the only one I have on vinyl. Why can't it's you Star own Wars. it? Well, I could, but it just came out, and I haven't done anything about it yet. Oh, okay, it didn't I come see. Out that long ago, though. Uh, yeah, that, well, actually, it was like July, wasn't it? No, it was sooner than that. Yeah, it just Ode came to Joy? out. Yeah, yeah. Ode to Joy came out about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. Ode to Joy came out on October fourth. October fourth. Oh my god. Yep, about two weeks ago. So, so I have a thing to say about Ode to Joy, but you know, well, it's, it's a part of that hidden track thing you don't want. So do you want me to do my favorite track, and then later on I'll do the thing about Ode to Joy? What? Yeah. Are we trans? So are we transitioning more into Star Wars, Milko, and Ode to Joy already? Are we? Are we? Oh, like, were. Are we totally done with Ghost is Born, Sky Blue Sky, Wilco, and the whole love? Does nobody have anything really to say about those albums? I thought that I thought that a Ghost is Born was the most uneventful of those albums, and it may just be that it was following. I'm not. I'm just, I don't. I've already no, I said did, I don't dislike I, it, but I think it's the most uneventful one. I agree with the sentiment, and I think that that's what it comes down to: is that when you're trying to follow an album that had the caliber of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, that there was just no way that they could have made an album that stood up to right. it because it right. was it was so well received. I think the problem here is you didn't listen to the Japanese version. I think that <laughs> I'm not going to say that's not it. I feel like I would have loved Japanese. It's just an extra song, I think. That's the only difference. Oh, no, okay. It's not even in Japanese. I'm gonna I'm gonna so. give you guys oh, my man. favorite song. Oh, surprisingly. Right. Okay. Text, text, text. It is 
heavy metal drummer. Knew it. Oh, I no, shit. knew it. Yes, I no, knew it. No, I don't believe oh, you. Oh, yes, I knew it. Yes, God. I knew it, Jared. Oh, yes. I can't believe it. I wish I'd said it earlier. I'm so excited. I was trying to I get your attention. So that I you... knew it. I changed my mind. I, I knew it. Now we're doing heavy metal. Damn. Drama. Yes, I knew it. I can't believe I've been guessed. You got it. Yes. Heavy metal bands. I used to go see on the landing in the summer. She fell in love with the drummer. She fell in love with the drummer. She fell in love. Shiny, shiny pants and bleached blonde hair. A double kick drum by the river in the summer. She fell in love. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I'm so happy. I can't even tell you. I, I'm like, Jared. What an explosion. I, when I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I know what Jared likes. I know what he's going to choose. And this is an album that I'm not sure Jared liked that much, but I know he liked this song on there. I know he did. And I know it has to be it. That's funny. And that's man. awesome. And that's one of the songs that I just was talking about when I'm talking about kind of closer to a normal song on the album. Although I love that song as well myself. I, I we did. I know we finished talking about this album. Yeah, go but ahead. I forgot to say this. I really love the flow on this one because they throw in those like really poppy, easy to listen to ones, and then they give you something a little more like yeah, more difficult. Yeah, that's it, kind of just, like a uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's just the flow is yeah. perfect on yeah, this. Yeah, it is one. good. It's really good. They're good Man. in general at that, but this one is just yeah. Mm, that mm-hmm. song. That song is a personal for me too because I was I'm from a river town, small river town, and I was in a band in high school. Hell we played. We, we played musics. Mm. That just reminds me of my youthers. My youthers. Here he comes. Yeah, I get, can't believe how excited sad I about am. His youth. I'm just so excited. <laughs> I knew that's what was going to be it. I knew it. I know. Oh, I, knew I can't it. believe that. All right, Jerry. Dang it. it! So you have a story that you want to tell? Yes, I do. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> right. Okay. Okay. So here's what happened. Last night, Mr. Dax and I were sitting watching YouTube, and he said, "Let's look up you Wilco," and I so I did, and. So we, we were gonna we watched the music video for Everyone Hides. Good music video, pretty decent, good song from the newest album, Ode to Joy. But then we got in this wormhole of Steve Wilco's show. Oh no. What what? <laughs> when you type in Wilco on YouTube, Steve you Wilco is you know, YouTube is not smart. Not when smart. you type in Wilco, Steve Wilco show, the former uh, security guard for Mr. Jerry Springer pops yeah. up. He has his own show. <laughs> he right? does have his own show. And, Springer's uh, so better though. It was the best clip from Steve Wilco's show. Oh no. It was, it was this guy that comes out and so this girl comes out and she was like, Yeah, I got I've been dating this guy for a couple months now. And I want to tell him how much I love him, but I uh, I have something. I have a confession I have to make to him. I was at this party, and his best friend was there, and he asked me to sleep with him, and I did, and I feel real bad about it. But uh, I want to tell them because I feel I see I see a future with this man. So he comes out, she tells him, "Hey, I slept with your best friend," and he's like, "Oh, I know." He's like, "I bet him." $50 and a pack of cigarettes <laughs> that you wouldn't, and you did. And so now I'm out $50 and a pack of cigarettes. And guess who those two people were? That was Billy Bragg and Jeff Tweedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he brought it home. Mm. Do you, uh, mm. do you have a, a, now a, we have cheers a Steve to Wilco's think clip you'd like to play on the no, show? No, play it. Just, just play Everyone Hearts. <laughs> <laughs>
So what did we all think about Ode to Joy then? Did you like Ode to Joy? Do you think that it like stood up well for other albums? Or do you think that it just kind of felt like same old, same old? For me, it felt like same old, same old. I was looking forward to hearing that song. like Because mm-hmm. I had already seen the, the, the video for it, obviously. Sure. Um, but the rest of the album, I was just kind of like on kind of cruise control for it. The last few yeah. albums, honestly, I was kind of in cruise control. Because it was... And so were they, I think. I don't know. It was... It wasn't. It wasn't enough that it really like piqued my interest that much. Yeah, they, I understand. They did some cool things like instrumentally that don't really. It's not really the focus of it, but if you like listen to it, it's there in the background. Like, mm-hmm. Gave me something to pay attention to, like behind all the poppy bullshit. Yeah. So I was I was kind of into it. I I actually I thought about the same thing that I think that they because there was a long period of time where they didn't really do what they were doing on Ode to Joy, which is kind of the same thing they were doing on Yankee, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which is filling up the sound of the album. I think that they took what... Because like, if you look at like Schmilko, which we didn't talk a lot about, very stripped-down album. Wasn't it recorded at the same time as Star Wars? Is that correct? That sounds kind of familiar, but I don't... It was I can't boop, confirm. Boop, 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 boop. It was? It, w- it was. You looked it up? I, I did. I'm very proud. Okay. Thank you. Good job. Good job. I thought that it was. I thought it was a pretty good album, and I think that what's interesting is on, for instance, on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, mm-hmm. you put all the play up front, and it's all play. Mm-hmm. And now with some of the, with really the what we're considering the third generation sound of Wilco, you get a little more. Give the people what they want up front, and you play in the back and see who figures it out. Yeah, and that's fun. Like, that's so fun. It gives you. It's fun for the. It's even fun for listeners to try to pick out some things in there and just. It's nice an album that you every time you listen to it, sometimes you hear a little more things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's always fun. It says the album is a nod to Harry Nilsson's album Nilsson Schmilson. There yeah, you go. That's what I just said. So it was. It is good that job. Word for word, what I just said because I just read it. You read it before. <laughs> yes. I just he read it. I just looked it up. He read it. Oh man, good job, Scotty. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna just keep him feeling good about what he had done, but you guys just took him right down. <laughs> uh. So. Did you find it, Jared? What am I looking for? Whether it was recorded at the same time. That's what you were originally... Did you give up once you found Cody's thing? <laughs> you gave up on what you originally were looking he, for? He forgot. He didn't know that he was looking something up anymore. I, I don't know. I really liked Ode to Joy, actually. I thought it was probably their best modern album. It was more interesting to me than anything from this whole like second era of like Wilco that I kind of think of. Uh, I It was probably my favorite album since Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, oh, really? honestly. I liked Ode to Joy quite a bit. It was a, I thought it was one of the better albums that I'd heard from them in a while. So, I really like Star Wars in that era, and I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to give it. I'd have to give Ode to Joy. I have to give both of them more listens, more you know, closer together, and thinking about it a little more mm-hmm. to determine what I think. I don't think Schmilko does it, but I think one of those two would be pretty close. Jared, did you figure anything out? I don't think it was recorded okay. at the same time. Cool, because he he announced it a year after the release of Star Wars. So I think it was recorded separately. It felt like it was recorded at the same time though. All right. So we have got your all's favorite song. Did you get one yet? Yeah. He yeah. T- he picked uh, hummingbird. Oh, man. So it's down uh, to you. Damn. I'm last. Cause I had two that I was thinking about playing one. I was going to squeeze the second one in there somewhere, but we guess we don't have a lot of room for it. No, we got room. Well, we can do both. If you want to do both. I think my runner up favorite is Kingpin from being there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to throw that boy real quick, it's up to you. 
All right, joke's on you, because that was the fish country cover band Catfish, everybody. You done got it. <laughs> that was a little jammy a little bit. I didn't think about it until you told me. It was jammy, because we came in right at the jam, but that's okay. It was a little, it was a little fish jammy. I agree. That's okay. Do you want to throw a second in before I get my toppers? Camera. Oh, that's a great one. It is great. Off of? Uh, Yankee the, Hotel Foxtrot. Yeah. Thank you. I love how happy it sounds until it you very listen happy. to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah until you listen until you <laughs> listen to the lyrics, the part that you don't normally I mean, listen to. No, I wouldn't know anything about it. Yeah. All right, look at you over there. Well, we're going to make this a good old-fashioned one, two, three, it sounds like, and we're going to do all this because my favorite is Radio Cure, which is track three off of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Boom, we got all three. We got them. I got a specific spot I want you to go to. I don't know the timestamp. You're just going to have to locate it. Okay. My mind is filled Radio Cure. So that part, I really like the part, the last bit of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that's actually one of my favorite lines from the song is electronic surgical words. That's a fun little bit mm-hmm. that they throw in there. That album is really fun. I know we're kind of all over the place at this point, but I love on that album, and we haven't talked about it yet how, and they just make up phrases to throw in as lyrics. Yeah. And it's weird to see a band that can take a song that has an, maybe an underlying feeling, but is made up mostly of gibberish lines, such as the, the opener. I'm trying to break your heart and put and yeah. make it feel like it has so much meaning behind it. Right. Well, I I either heard or read somewhere that they they like make mumble tracks. They they don't really write lyrics when they're writing the songs. They just kind right. of mumble over it and then they figure out what it should say later. Yeah. And that album in particular, it's because some of the other ones you can hear, words have a certain meaning. You know, phrases are there or what have you. And even in camera, like what you had, there's mm-hmm. you could pick some things out and this or that. But it's weird, man. Take off your bandit because I don't believe in touchdown. Yeah. So before we close out really quickly, I would like to talk a little bit about Jeff Tweedy's solo work, just in case. I don't know if anybody had a chance to listen to much of it. I, I listened to Warm when it came out, and I really liked it. I didn't have a chance to listen to Warmer when it came out. I kind of perused it a little bit this week, but I I think that his solo work is pretty good. I especially think that Warm was a, it was a really well-received album, and I think that it hits a lot of the notes that like you expect from Tweedy, but... I don't know. Did anybody else have a chance to listen to much of this? I didn't listen to it, but I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, Since he's like the main songwriter, is it different enough from Wilco or does it still have that same feel? What do you think, Tyler? I didn't get to it either, to be completely honest with you. I listened to Laminated Cat and 
I'm trying to break your heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- I felt like it was very much like Wilco. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was enough difference where it wouldn't be, you know, like kind of the same thing. Because I kind of went into that. Then I wanted to listen to a little bit of Uncle Tupelo. And that was very good. Very, mm-hmm. very old country. Very, like, rock country is what it was, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The solo stuff just wasn't interesting enough for me to delve too deep into. I get that. So I... Are you, you're familiar, though, with at least Tweety, then? Yeah, I'm familiar with Tweety. So Tweety came out with, I believe it was also in 2015. Must have done a lot of work uh, when I saw 14. them. 2014. 14. That's right, end of 2014. Uh, so he, the, him, his son, and his son's friend, his son is on drums, his son's friend's on guitar, and he's on guitar and vocals, of course, have the duo Tweety, which is it's a lot closer to alternative folk singer-songwriter styling. Uh, I don't think it's, I wouldn't call it similar to Wilco all in all. It's definitely a little bit different. It's got more country influence than the rest of their stuff. It's got, like I said, more of that folky influence. And I think it was really, I found it to be a good album. I think it was fairly well received. I think, I don't think a lot of people paid a lot of attention to it from what I could tell. Because uh, I don't really hear, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. No, but they did a tour for it, and it was good. I saw, like I said, I saw them in 2015. They did really well. They probably p- played one Wilco song to round out the set, or something of that nature. If you mm-hmm. want to play a clip from a song from Tweety, if you want to, sure. Sukiya Ray is the album. Wait for Love is the song. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's 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 actually kind of sounds what I would say sounds a little bit like what's going on on Warm and Warmer. Similar. Yeah. I think that what you get off of those albums is this kind of stripped back, bluesy, yeah. kind of like folky kind of sound. I, I think you would like it, Dax. Uh, I'll play my favorite track off of Warm, the one that I'm more familiar with, which is I Know What It's Like. So what's the release date on that, or the year at least? Warm came out in 2018, and Warmer right. came out in 2019. Yeah. So I don't, uh, and you can hear it a little bit in in Tweety, uh, in Sukiya Ray, but his, vo- I mean, his voice as he's getting older is changing a little bit, mm-hmm. and it feels like he's pushing it a little bit more, which is kind of an interesting, it's a definitely an interesting sound in that, especially. Sure. In Warm, uh, at least what we've heard from that track. So pretty interesting two things i think that you can never if you're familiar with wilco at least or and it definitely if you like them that you can never not recognize is his voice so i don't think he could ever do a project where he sang and people wouldn't know who it is i agree and his songwriting like just i i mean that's this that song from this one we just playing wait for love i can just feel like you know i can tell 
right. after listening to Wilco that these are songs that Jeff Tweedy wrote. Well, because he's the primary songwriter and he's been right. the primary songwriter right. since the, yeah. ever, you know, like basically the whole time. So I think those I don't are think I don't think of it as I don't think Wilco as like Jeff Tweedy's band, but I think that he's obviously the focal point of things. So yeah, I just think that this. I don't think I don't think I could ever not hear a song that's written by him and he sings and not know. Be like, well, I know who this is. Completely clear who this is. Right. So and I don't. And not that that's a bad thing. I think that's a legacy situation kind of kind of feel to it. Yeah. So, uh, do we have any closing thoughts about Wilco before we close out? I think if you're gonna give Wilco a listen and you haven't, you, you should really invest the time in listening to. The core three albums, in my opinion, is being there, Summer Teeth, and then up to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Those are just a phenomenal chunk of of the discography that for me are like near the perfection of that of that genre, of that of that style. And really influenced the sound of indie rock going forward. In Absolutely. A lot of ways. Well, it definitely pulled in different things. I mean, we mm-hmm. for instance, we did Ride Eyes a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean, I'm not saying that he was for sure influenced from, but you can hear all of these things. The yeah. the, the welcoming of Certain sounds in indie rock are easily, easily influenced by what Wilco did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to get too deep into this, but it, I, I was thinking about a lot of things that are going on in this. That if you look at the timeline of Wilco, a lot of what was going on in Wilco makes sense. Where they transition into this indie rock phase, right as indie rock was really starting to blow up. And I can't figure out exactly which one, if it's the chicken or the egg, where if I, if it was Wilco that helped indie rock blow up, or if it was the fact that indie rock was blowing up helped Wilco, if that makes sense. I, I just don't know for sure. But you have other acts in that time. That's also kind of around when, like, uh, Modest Mouse was making, you know, music like that. Right. That's when uh, Interpol had their album, was yep. around the early 2000s. So yep. you have a lot of that kind of indie rock sound that was really starting to get popular in that time range. Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire is sure. another great example. Like a round table alum. Yes, of course. So I I think Funeral came out in 2004. And four. Yeah, four. So yep. really this early 2000 era, and that's it makes sense that this right. is around when indie rock was starting to really hit its stride. So, yeah. Any yeah. other closing thoughts? All right. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. We've been talking about Wilco this week. Next week, we're going to be talking about The National. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Bye. Jesus, don't cry.